Welcome to The Benefits Beat, the podcast that helps you navigate the complex world of benefits. Together, we're going to dive deep into the industry, breaking down the barriers and exploring different topics surrounding benefits. We'll be bringing in subject matter experts who will share their knowledge, offering tips and tricks to help you understand, and more importantly, benefit from your benefits. Whether it's health insurance, dental, vision, disability, or other total awards you're offered, we've got you covered. Our aim is to empower you with the knowledge and understanding you need to make informed decisions. So join your hosts, Maggie and Zach, every two weeks as we explain the nuances, all in an effort to make it easier for you to navigate the world of benefits. Hi, I'm Maggie McConnell. And I'm Zach Ward, and we are your co-hosts for Hub Haran's Employee Benefits Podcast, The Benefits Beat. Today, we're going to dive into the world of vision insurance. So we just mentioned dental in our last episode. Today, we're going to talk about the significance of vision insurance, how it impacts your overall health, and then also how to make the most out of your vision insurance and why your regular eye care is so crucial. First, I think it's important to talk about the importance of regular eye exams. So did you know, Zach, that one in four children has a vision problem? or that early detection of eye issues can prevent further deterioration. And I have the perfect example for this. Um, So years ago, I went to my eye doctor for my annual exam, and the assistant was, you know, taking me all through the regular motions. I'm getting my eyes dilated. I'm staring at the little hot air balloon at the end of the road. I'm getting the air puffed into my eyes. All those fun things. Well, when I, you know, saw my doctor and she was looking at my eyes, she did notice a few spots in my eyes. Turns out... I had a few micro aneurysms in my eyes, which, oh, I, didn't, which I didn't even know was possible. Didn't, didn't know that was a thing. Um, but apparently these form because they're damaged blood vessels since I wasn't taking care of my type 1 diabetes as well as I should have been at the time. Um, and it's an early sign of what is called diabetes retinopathy, which can lead to complete vision loss and a ton of different, you know, really fun things that I definitely don't want to deal with when I'm older. Um, so no pun intended. This was a hu- huge eye-opening moment for me. (laughs) Um, So it made me realize, you know, how connected the different parts of my body are and how one thing can lead to the next. And, you know, but because I was so on top of it when it came to my annual visits with my eye doctor, thankfully, we caught it super early. And luckily, I was able to get myself, you know, back on track. And not only did they all heal on their own, but no new ones have popped up. I learned in my eye appointment last week. So (laughs) Yeah, people get... Super angry at me because I have 20/20 vision. I have no issues with vision. Some oh, you're so like, annoying. Yeah, they, they look at me like I don't know how you have. Tw- I don't know how you can possibly not wear a set of glasses and see the world regular. But to your point, getting even just at this point, just basic eye exams of where, okay, yeah, I have 20/20 vision, but things happen, and mm-hmm. going through the process of making sure that I'm still getting them checked to where I'm not putting them on back burner for me has been really helpful. Um, Two, three months ago, I actually went to the eye doctor. My my girlfriend works at this eye doctor, so it was at the beholst of her. And ended up, I, I had some scar tissue. I mean, that's the, the mm-hmm. end result of this. But ultimately, it was kind of a moment for me where I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of this routine stuff to where if there is something that pops up, I want to make sure that I can keep my 2020 mm-hmm. vision and not go down a path of, okay, I've got to do this and do that. Um, I, I'm going to go off of this a little bit, but... One of the most interesting things that I found throughout that whole process was the relationship between not only your vision insurance, but also your medical insurance and kind of how mm. they play a part in, okay, you, you went to the doctor and you had this vision exam and obviously that covers glasses and, and frames and lenses and all that good stuff. But there's also 
a point to where, okay, this now falls under your medical insurance. Mm -hmm. So for me, I I went to the eye doctor, got it all covered, et cetera. And then when they referred me out, it was actually to somebody who wasn't in my network for vision, but fell onto my medical insurance. So I had to kind of work through, okay, what's the differences? How does this apply to my deductible and and all that good stuff? But um, it's a really, it's a confusing topic, I think, for a lot of people because they'd never have to go through it very often. And when you do, unfortunately, it's, you know, you're going to get tests and it's not really top of mind. So be aware that if you are going to your vision insurance provider, there may be a situation where they refer you out to somebody who goes through medical instead. And that's a actually a really great point that I didn't even think about. So when I go to my eye doctor, um, I my checkup, my annual visit is actually run under my medical insurance. And I always forget that every year, mm-hmm. even though I've been diabetic for 25 years as of four days ago. So 25 years, and I forget this every time. So my vision insurance and my annual exam is billed through my medical insurance because it is a it is under the diabetes, you know, checkup. Right. It's not under necessarily like a normal preventive visit. Mine is more of the diagnostic, what you kind of think about. It's like a diagnostic, but diabetes mm-hmm. related. So it is under my medical insurance. And so it's a great point to bring up, especially because if, depending on what plan you're on for medical, you're going to be maybe paying something different than what you think you are if you're looking at just your vision insurance. Um, so, you know, I go in and then I always forget, oh, it's actually a medical thing. So I'm on a high deductible plan. So I am paying for that full visit um, if I have not hit my deductible for the year yet. So that is a great point to bring up. It's also just uh, so many people don't have vision insurance because mm-hmm. they, they have great eyes. They're not really worried about anything coming. So for those that do have, okay, I have one preventive exam under my medical insurance. It's a really good check the box, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of peace of mind. Hey, I'm going to go do this and make sure I get it taken care of, but not have to go through the commitment of, okay, I'm paying for vision insurance every month. That oftentimes is just for people who have glasses or have contacts that they need to get and things like that. So it's a good, hey, if, if you have it, go utilize it and mm-hmm, definitely. get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. And, you know, no, there's more than just that preventive visit that falls under a vision insurance. So, you know, depending on your plan, you may also have coverage for things like, you know, your frames, your lenses, or even your contacts. And I think one of the most common questions I get with vision insurance is around the frequency in which you can use your vision, vision benefits um, for these products. So, I think it's super important to understand what your specific plan covers, like I will say with any policy or any insurance plan. Um, um, For example, a vision plan might allow you to get an exam every 12 months, new lenses every 12 months, and then new frames every 24 months. So in this example, if you try to buy two pairs of frames within a less than 24-month time span, your plan will most likely not cover that second pair. So you would have to pay full out of pocket, which I don't think necessarily everyone realizes those frequencies are important to pay attention to. Yeah, I think the nice thing about vision insurance is that people that interact with it oftentimes are interacting with it yearly and they mm-hmm. kind of understand like, hey, this is how my my lenses are, are spaced out or this is how, um, for instance, it's very common to have contact lenses in lieu of frames. So you won't get an allowance for glasses and contact lenses. It's just one or the other, right? And I think it's it's nice because people have, have gone through those little nuances enough to where they're used to it. And it's a it's much different than medical where most of the time, every time you go is something different. Mm-hmm. You're going, you're saying, hey, I know this is my allowance. Let's look at frames that either cover that. And then I, I 
want to jump back a little bit. We talked in the dental podcast episode about making sure at the end of the year you're kind of spacing out, right, to make sure that in this year, if, if you have essentially money left to go to the doctor, then go to the doctor, and but also spread it out to, okay, next year you, you also have some money, so things like that. But in the vision world, I think some people forget that their glasses actually can be covered under their HSA accounts and mm-hmm. often in FSA accounts. So oftentimes if you have money left at the end of the year, that's a good opportunity to say, okay, maybe I need a new pair of glasses or I want to stock up on lenses or something along those lines that you can take advantage of and, and use the dollars that you've put aside at the end of the year that might go to waste if you don't. No, but that's a great point, Zach. So I think typically, like me, most people forget that you can use your those funds. And especially with FSA, since those do not roll over, that is a very important thing to note definitely at the end of the year. You don't want that money to just go away because you're contributing to it. You want to be able to use your money, and especially since it's pre-tax. Get those savings and make sure you're using all the money that you put into those by the end of the year. Maggie, one of the things that I hear a lot of people harp on, and it's a little bit funny to me that you think about dentists and you think about vision providers, and people love their optometrists and they love their dentists. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they don't have a great relationship with their primary care physicians, and we have to think about it like this. Your optometrist is your primary care for your eyes. So when we talk about having a relationship with your primary care physician, in this case, we're talking about your optometrist. We want you to spend a lot of time with them. We want you to ask them a lot of questions and actually try to understand your eye health versus, hey, I need my glasses for this year. I'm coming in. I want you to sign me over. Maybe I get a new prescription, things like that. My questions would be, why is my prescription getting worse? Is mm-hmm. there anything I can do to reverse it? Um, I know a lot of times people are, again, I'm, I'm lucky I get good vision. <laughs> I don't know how the prescriptions work, but I know oftentimes people get stronger and stronger prescriptions year after year. And I don't think enough people are asking, like, okay, how can I not reverse it, but how can I slow that down? I don't mm-hmm. want to just be continuing to year after year get stronger and stronger prescription until I'm in a point where I'm probably maxed out at some point and either comes into LASIK surgery or cataract surgery or something along along those lines. Uh, Maggie, I am curious, speaking of, of those types of surgeries, what's important to know from a consumer aspect of how it works into insurance, into navigating that kind of cycle of, of care? Yeah, they do have you know, specific criteria, I think, for insurance coverage with these types of surgeries. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, always know your plan and also talk to your provider. Like you said, you want to spend as much time with them getting all the information that you need and the paperwork and approval and all, all things like that if you are getting a surgery that can be covered or at least partially covered by your insurance. Um, I think what a lot of people forget about, though, you know, if it is just more of a, oh, it's a nuisance and I want to get LASIK surgery so I can stop having to wear contacts and glasses. You know, if it's maybe not a medical issue, I don't know if it, your insurance will cover that. It just mm-hmm. depends on your sp- specific plan. But a lot of people forget a lot of plans have LASIK discounts or surgery discounts like that. So while it may not be covered under your plan, you can still, you know, get a 15, 20% discount on a LASIK surgery. Um, that I think is definitely an underutilized thing because it's not super marketed, I think, when you're looking through your plans. Um, so definitely check your plan. If you're planning on getting LASIK or any type of surgery, check your vision plan. Make sure that there's no discounts included in your plan that you be you can be taking advantage of. I would treat this just like any medical procedure that I had. I would go through, I would, if there's different options in inside of your 
you know, drivable area, then I would call each one of them, try to get a price quote. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a Hub Haran client, you can reach out to our Better Benefits team or your client specialist to kind of work through that. Hey, do I need to get a pre-authorization for this? Is there any discounts? Things like that. Again, I would treat it just like a medical procedure, making sure you're there every step of the way, not just going and saying, okay, what's it going to cost? I'm going to do it here. Yeah, um, be an engaged consumer and actually go through the process of what's going to be the most bang for my buck and how do I get the most out of insurance in this case. And Maggie, I want to mention too, I, I think when we talk about open enrollment, vision can be an afterthought. Mm-hmm. I say this caveated because it's different for every single individual, but oftentimes vision is not nearly as expensive as medical insurance, right? So you want to make sure that if you have anything coming down the pike, you're actually evaluating, like, does it make sense for me to have vision insurance? What I'd hate for any of our listeners to get into is a situation where they now need glasses or contacts or anything along those lines, and they don't have the insurance they need to cover it. So when you're, when you're talking to our listeners, I want to, I want them to think about, okay, open enrollment time. Is there any reason that I would need insurance for my eyes in the next 12 months? And if there is, a lot of times it's going to make sense to just go ahead and get that uh, vision insurance just because it's so cost effective usually. And at the very least, I would hope if even if you don't know you have something coming up, you're getting that annual eye exam. <laughs> it's always my number one. Go get your preventive exams. If you have the insurance and you're not using it, you know, that's just kind of a waste. At least the very, at the very least, if you opt into your vision insurance at open enrollment time, make sure you're going to that preventive exam and make sure... I know open enrollment can be a little daunting and a little overwhelming because yep. there's so much information being thrown at you. Um, but I think it is worth taking the time to look over the policies, make sure that, you know, you're signing up for what you need. And like you said, if you have something coming, you know, down the line or down the year, make sure that you're not just check marking. It's like, oh, like vision insurance. But what if what you need is not covered on your plan? Right. You know, then it doesn't necessarily make sense. But you know, if you have it, make sure you're using it at the very least, your preventive exams, and make sure you know what you're purchasing at open enrollment time. Yeah, I, I love how you put it earlier when we were talking. Is It's our job to help our listeners maximize their benefits, mm-hmm. and it's an art. I mean, it is an art form of, do I go to the doctor now? Do I wait two months to go there? Vision insurance is also an art, right? It's, okay, can I get glasses? Can I get frames? What's covered under my plan? Can I get surgery to alleviate nobody likes glasses nobody likes contacts some stuff like that it's again it's an art form of how do I make the most of my vision plan that I'm paying for and hopefully getting use out of yeah definitely and you know use them before they expire understanding your policy can save you a lot of time and a lot of money down the road absolutely so we'll leave you with this taking care of your eyes just like your your gums your teeth your medical health is crucial to your whole being. Whether it's understanding your insurance policy or planning for eye care expenses, being informed and being an engaged consumer is key. Love it. Nothing we say in this podcast is representative of any specific plan and should not be considered as legal, regulatory, or accounting advice. If there are any discrepancies between what we say and your plan document, your plan document will prevail. If you have any questions about your benefits, please reach out to your HR representative. Thanks for tuning in today. Our suggestion box is always open, so if you have a question you would like us to answer or a topic you would like us to cover, send us a message on Instagram at The Benefits Beat. And remember to subscribe on your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode, and be sure to follow us on social media for more benefit tips and tricks.